goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to Monday's Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC. If you want to be part of today's program, 800 848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. And we are expecting to, on today's program to hear from um, an old friend. Many of you know him in this WABC audience, Dove Hyken, former assemblyman. Dove Hyken, who is in Israel right now. I haven't talked to Dove in so long. And, of course, your telephone calls, and we will cover the latest and greatest in the news as much as we can, as always, a lot. A scary circumstance for passengers. I don't even know whether they were aware of it at the time, though, so they might not have been scared. But I'm sure once they figured out that their plane was being diverted, it caused a little bit of anxiousness. They got aboard a flight in Everett, Washington. Everett is home. Everett is up where Boeing headquarters is. So they got on a flight up in Everett, Washington, expecting to be plane in San Francisco. Instead, the flight was diverted to Portland after a quote-unquote credible security threat emerged during the flight. Now, very often, if you're a seasoned flyer, you'll see a third person on the flight deck. That person is usually a pilot themselves off-duty, and they're, they're grabbing a flight, and they're allowed to sit in the jump seat in the uh, on the flight deck. Well, that happened today. Except the guy that was sitting in the jump seat who has been identified as Joseph David Emerson, tried to crash the plane. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He tried to pull the fire extinguisher handles on the engines, which would have shut down the engines in flight and caused the plane to crash. The flight crew, thankfully, saw what he was doing They overwhelmed him, they subdued him, and then they handcuffed him to a seat. Then, of course, they diverted the plane to Portland, Oregon, where that suspect, Joseph David Emerson, was taken into custody. And he has has now been charged with 83 counts of attempted murder. Also facing 83 counts of reckless endangerment, 
and one felony count of endangering an aircraft. The captain and the first officer were the ones that subdued him. Engine power never was lost. Eighty passengers, four crew members on the flight. So I wonder why he's only been charged with 83 attempted murder. Because he would have killed himself, too, most likely, if this thing had gone through. So anyway, a close. I don't know how close it was, but it is a scary call on the flight from Washington to San Francisco today. Yeah. And I wonder if that we're going to learn, because when these things happen, usually the first thing that we, those of us that follow events, say, okay, this is a terrorist attack. Let's see where the affiliation is. Let's see what, if there's anything in his social media. We don't have any of that information yet, surprisingly. And let's see if there was some stated motivation. Now, occasionally it backfires. We're still waiting. Do you remember earlier in the year a transgendered person shot up a bunch of people in Nashville and killed them? He is, that person issued out a manifesto. To this day, no one has ever seen the manifesto. And there are calls. Where is the manifesto? Where is it? The Justice Department has tamped down. They don't want any of us to see what this person, that transgendered person who committed that terrorist attack they have hidden from view everything that was said. And they just do it right out in the open. Oh, we're not going to tell you. We're not going to, yeah, there was a manifesto. We're not going to tell you what's in it. There is, of course, a lot of conversation surrounding the absence of a Speaker of the House. The Washington Post, the Amazon Prime Washington Post today, dug up a contributing columnist and put her thoughts, her name is Danielle Allen, and put her thoughts in their publication. She says, a functioning democratic system, which means our entire system, according to this woman, is broken, you see. And she says a functioning Democrat system, Democratic system, would make Hakeem Jeffries the speaker. Of course. Of course. If Republicans are having a battle and it goes on 20 days, oh, no, no, the Democrat, the Democrat should be the speaker. And listen to this insane logic that she comes up with. The solution, she says, to the leadership void in the House of Representatives is staring us in the face. No, it's not. Well, it is. Republicans need to elect a speaker, and they will eventually. We have three parties in Congress. That is not true. She starts off with a factual lie to support this logic. The Freedom Caucus Party, the Freedom Caucus is not a party. It is a caucus. 
Every Freedom Caucus member is a Republican. Now, she can try to create a new set of facts, and that's what Democrats do. They create a set of facts to meet their what they want to justify whatever conclusion they want. But it's a lie. It's a, it's not a fact. She is stating her, she is asserting her opinion, which is not a fact. We have three political parties in Congress, not two. The Freedom Caucus Party, the old Republican Party, and the Democrats. So you see in her little mind, the Democrats are just one unified party. They don't have any splits, but they do. The last one has the most members, so it should have the House Speakership. Hakeem Jeffries has been winning the most votes on each speakership ballot because he commands the biggest party. Well, if that was the case, then when the Democrats, uh, and never mind, I don't even want to entertain it. It's a silly, silly thought. And the only reason it makes its way into a major publication is... I have no idea. I don't even know why the editor said, yeah, let's run this piece, because it's silly. I guess they need, look, they have to have something to put in the paper. I mean, that is a, editors need content. So, I mean, they must have looked around. What else do we have out here? Oh, we got this little, we have this, we have this, well, you know, this kind of a silly, it doesn't matter. Put it in there. We need to sell, we need to sell some ads. Just, just put it in there. Never mind whether it's accurate or not. Never mind whether it makes sense or not. We're the Amazon Prime Washington Post. We say that democracy dies in darkness. Well, journalism dies in broad daylight here, so just go ahead and put it in. It doesn't matter. And hence, Danielle Allen gets a piece in the Amazon Prime Washington Post. From the Associated Press. It's day 20 with no House Speaker, and lower-level names are starting to reach for the gavel. Oh, isn't that something? The lower-level. The lower-level people are actually reaching up. Day 20 without a House Speaker, and Republicans found themselves starting over on Monday, bumbling ahead with few ideas about who will lead and what they're fighting over and when they will get Congress working again. Congress hasn't been working. That's the very point of it. Nine lower level Republican lawmakers are now running to be speaker. Senior most is Representative Tom Emmer of Minnesota, former campaign. He's now the GOP whip. So the GOP whip, according to the Associated Press, is now a lower-level functionary. Are these guys, they will do anything. They will print anything in any kind of language. They know how to use language to try to demean Republicans. It's in their DNA. That's what they do. What started a swaggering bravado when a contingent of hard-line, I love that, hard-line Republicans, What's a hard-line Republican? Here's a line, and I made it hard, very hard. It's like a, never mind, it's a hard line. Hard line means principled. It means I stand for something. I'm not a squish. What started as a swaggering 
a swaggering bravado when a contingent of hardline Republicans led by Matt Gates, the hated Matt Gates of Florida, ousted McCarthy, who we couldn't stand until the moment he was ousted. We hated him. We tried to belittle him at every turn until he was gone, and then and then now he's useful to us because now we can use McCarthy to beat up on the other Republicans. But don't forget, we hated him too. He was part of those hardliners when we wanted him to be. What started as swaggering bravado when a contingent of hardline Republicans led by Representative Matt Gates of Florida ousted Kevin McCarthy at the start of the month has morphed into a full-blown crisis of governing as dysfunction and dangerous, bitter infighting prevent the normal operations of Congress. What's dangerous are the normal operations of Congress. That's where the danger is. They haven't been spending any money. They haven't been making any insane laws that have unintended consequences. That's what's happened the last 20 days. What danger have they put anybody in? What is the the clear and present danger that we have had over the last 20 days with the with Congress out? What would they have done had they been in session to keep us out of so-called danger? This is just a bunch of this whole analysis, these whole, if the government doesn't work exactly, it doesn't work. But if the government's not open for business the way it should be, if there's something that disrupts it, oh, my goodness, it's terrible. We're in a crisis. We're in a crisis. We are not in a crisis due to the fact that there is no House Speaker. What if, What money have they... Joe Biden put money for Ukraine and money for Israel. Do you think, by the way, are the Israelis sitting around waiting, saying, you know what, we can't go into Gaza because the United States is not providing us with foreign aid? No, that's not it. Now, Biden administration has been calling on Israel. Yes, they have, telling them, hey, don't go into Gaza yet. Here from the New York Times, the old gray lady. Republicans grapple with being speakerless, but effectively leaderless, too. Oh, so now now Republicans have no, well, okay, fine, they have no leaders. What's the crisis? Again, I ask, what is the crisis? All of a sudden, these people love Kevin McCarthy. They hated Kevin McCarthy's guts. Kevin McCarthy couldn't get a decent story on him in any of these publications. They would send their reporters to ask the stupidest questions to try to combat him with Democrat talking points. They called him every name in the book they could get away with until the contingent of hardliners took him out, politically speaking. And now all of a sudden, Kevin McCarthy's the next best thing to slice bread. Oh, we need Kevin. Kevin! Kevin! We need you, Kevin! Nothing's working in Washington, Kevin, since you're gone. Kevin! Can we make up with you, Kevin? Can we kiss your butt, Kevin? They hated Kevin. And now all of a sudden, we're 20 days and Kevin isn't in charge 
and oh, the country's going to fall apart. Spare me. 800-848-WABC. No, no. Hard to believe that it was 2006. On this day, Amy Winehouse released this one that is called her signature song, We Have. Back to Black was the album. The lyrics, of course, talking about how she didn't want to go to a rehabilitation clinic. And this won three Grammy Awards. Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. We have No, No, No. On WABC Talk Radio 77, your calls are welcome. 800-848-WABC. That's how you reach us. Is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Loaf, 1993. First number one hit with this I Do Anything for Love. Seven weeks at number one. You know, we had a discussion here. Um, I don't. Was it during the week or was it on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza about drummers, Dave Grawl and other drummers who got from behind the kit? It must have been on Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, and we didn't. And I got a great note from Chet Perry, Chet Jason Perry, who says, "When you discussed uh, Dave Grohl and drummers who had a second act, you didn't mention my favorite recording artist ever, Maurice White." Was Ramsey Lewis's drummer before Earth, Wind & Fire? Yes, he was. And uh, Maurice White also was a session drummer for many of the uh, uh, great records that chess on on the chess label. And then he says that I should uh, put Equinox. I'm, yes, it had to be Saturday. I'm doing a playlist, jazz playlist for Derek Hunter, who can't stand jazz. <laughs> Stop torturing poor Derek. I'm going to keep torturing him. Okay, and then he went on to mention others that stepped from behind the kid, and he's so right. Narda Michael Walden. I saw Narda Michael Walden at a rehearsal. I went with Omar to a rehearsal for Mahu Vishnu when he was drumming with Mahu Vishnu. He is an ama- was an amazing drummer, but an amazing producer and solo artist in his own right. Nice. Teddy Pendergrass was a drummer. Yes, he was, and stepped behind with and became Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> Jeffrey Osborne. Which one's that? Jeffrey Osborne. You know Jeffrey Osborne. He did. Do he I? was with LTD. He, they did a love ballad originally, love ballad, and then he had that hit on the Wings of Love, I think, with, uh, I think that was him. And Morris Day. 
was a drum. Morris Day from the time. Yeah, drummers turned frontmen. Always glad to have people sharing their knowledge with us. Dove hiking in a few minutes. New York Times just had to actually kind of say, oops, we blew it. There's a story in the New York Sun today. New York Times, our coverage of Gaza hospital bomb, quote-unquote, relied too heavily on Hamas sources. Imagine that. And left the readers with an incorrect impression on the incident. This was the hospital blast that all the left jumped up and said, see, Israel's doing war crimes. They killed all those people. Turns out it was a Gaza rocket. Now, I went to the source of this story, the New York Times itself, and they say, and now they pin it on Hamas. They don't say we blew our coverage. What they say in the New York Times headline, Hamas fails to make the case that Israel struck hospital. We reported wrong. That's the headline. Six days after Hamas accused Israel of bombing a hospital in Gaza City and killing hundreds of people, the armed Palestinian group has yet to produce or describe any evidence linking Israel to the crime. There's plenty of evidence, including videos from a television station, Channel 12, I think, in Israel, that show all of the rockets going off toward Israel and then one falling out of the sky, and moments later, the explosion that was in that hospital parking lot. And those are Hamas rockets. But in a day since, new evidence contradicting the Hamas claim has emerged. On Sunday, Hamas turned down any request by the New York Times to view any available evidence of the munition it said had struck the hospital, claiming that it had disintegrated Beyond recognition, the missile has dissolved like salt in the water, says Ghazi Hamad, a senior Hamadist official. It vaporized. Nothing's left. You know what vaporized the truth? Because it was never there. So you really have to dig deep before you find the New York Times basically walking back their own initial reporting on this. Another story today in, there was a story that I read, it was either Washington, the Amazon Prime Washington Post, or the New York Times, about American Jews and how they have felt, how they now feel abandoned by the left. There's also a story today about this crazy New Yorker, New York Magazine, not New Yorker, New York Magazine writer, who claims that Zionists worked with the Nazis in World War II to eliminate Jews. I mean, the anti-Semitism that is spewing out of the left is beyond comprehension. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to catch up with Dove Hyken. I cannot wait to speak with Dove. I haven't spoken with Dove in many, many years. He's in Israel now. We'll come back. Dove Hyken from Israel with us here on Boston Early's Rush Hour at WABC. Do not... Go away.
rush. It's the rush hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today, Rosalie Hawkins, born 1945, with the Dixie Cups, not to ever be confused with the Dixie Chicks. And you remember this one, 1964, Chapel of Love. We have with us from Israel, Dove Hiking. Dove, it has been so long since we've, we last spoke. Thank you for making time for us. I know it's late there. How are you doing, Dove? Uh, fine, and uh, it's good to be with you, Bo. Really, really good to be with you. Thank you. Uh, Dove, some of this, I don't even know where to start. Let me just start with this. You, ha- This has to be so upsetting to you on so many levels. Both of your parents survived the Holocaust. And I thought, Dove, we would never see the kind of language that was used in the run-up to Nazi Germany becoming a force in the world. I thought with the education that we have, with our knowledge of history, we would never see that again. Yet we are experiencing it on college campuses. We are seeing it all around. You're in Israel. Tell us what it's like there. Tell us why you left immediately to go to Israel, and what can you tell us now that you're on the ground there? Well, first of all, I came here because, you know, throughout my life, when things are difficult and tough in Israel, it goes back to the Scud missiles uh, many, many years ago, the intifadas, you know, I always look at things and say, what can I do? You know, it's a question everyone should always ask themselves. What can I do? How can I make a difference? Uh, and, and that's really, uh, it's funny, about two weeks ago on a Monday morning, my uh, daughter and her husband and six kids returned from Israel from the holiday. People were leaving. People couldn't get flights. And literally, uh, uh, the next day, I made the decision. I said, I've got to go there. I've got to be there. I've got to see with my own eyes. And let me tell you, Bo, it's been an experience uh, that I will never, ever forget the rest of my life. I I went down to the south. I went to places like Sayrot, Kfar Aza. Bo, what I saw, what I saw, what I witnessed, what I was told, I mean, going into house after house that was destroyed, the description of the rape of sisters, of mothers, entire families being wiped out, torture. I mean, they tortured people. I mean, the, again, I've, I've, I've got to say it as it is, and, and we've got to be descriptive because people have to know what happened here, especially in light of the demonstrations that are going on in support of this Nazi uh, organization called Hamas. I mean, a woman who was pregnant, was cut open. Her baby and the pregnant woman were beheaded. And that's not like one case, two. These are the kind of things that went on. The government today released a story that is so telling. You know, one of the terrorists, one of the murderers, uh, one of the evil people uh, called his mother in Gaza as he was murdering people, torturing people. And you know what he said to his mother? He said, I just murdered 10 people. 
And they were the mother was so happy. The father got on the phone, and the and by the way, this was all recorded from the Israelis, you know, from the cell phones that were taken. And the father in Gaza said, "Allah Akbar, God be blessed." This is. I mean, it's just it's, beyond belief what went on here. I mean, when I was there, uh, uh, Bo, the smell of dead bodies. I mean, I still feel it a week later in my nostrils. It's affected my life in terms of sleeping, living, and just being aware of of the inhumanity, the barbarism, evil personified, Bo. That's exactly what this was all about. And to think that 5,000 people in Brooklyn, in my neighborhood, I used to represent Dr. Heights for 30 years, Bay Ridge, Dr. Heights. To think that you have 5,000 people out there in the streets and a lot of other places supporting this terror, this violence, I mean, oh, that is scary stuff. That is really dangerous stuff. To have members of the United States Congress indulge in support for Hamas, I mean, to have Tlaib, I mean, Tlaib still hasn't taken down her, uh, the tweet blaming, you know, blaming Israel for the bombing uh, here it is. Israel just bombed a hospital, killing 500 Palestinians. Just like that. Isn't it funny that it was her friends in Hamas who actually are responsible, Islamic Jihad? I mean, what a farce. What a, it's, just, it's just incredible what is going on, and it is dangerous for this country. I mean, thank God, though, the good news is that right now, 75% of the American people support Israel. They get it. They understand that you need to defend yourself. We can't, you know, Bo, what country in the world? Just tell me one single country in the world that tolerates missiles being shot at its population centers. Does the United States tolerate that from a nation? No. Do the French, no. the English, the Russians, the Chinese, anyone in the no. world? And that's what's been going on for the past 20 years. And what we are told is, in response to that, well, you know, Israel is guilty, Israel is guilty, Israel is guilty, and uh, they're colonizers, and they're running an apartheid. Never mind the fact that you have uh, Palestinians who are actually part of the Knesset. Never mind the actual facts of what has been happening on the ground there. You have uh, today Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, has said that both sides are committing war crimes. Again, she's accusing oh, okay. Israel of committing war crimes. Today, this is, or yesterday, I'm sorry, that was her statement. The New York Times yeah. had to do a gentle walk back of its reporting on the bombing. I covered that a bit earlier in the program. Today, you have New York Magazine, a writer with New York, senior writer for New York Magazine on social media, basically blaming the Zionists for the Holocaust, working with Nazis. They worked with Nazis. This is what we're seeing in, in, yes, 75% of Americans do support Israel, but the left is unhinged at this moment. And I think the hatred that is coming from the left, many people were unaware how deeply the sentiments of the left, mostly the left, how deeply these sentiments of hatred ran within the left in America, and it is being exposed now. 
Yeah, Bo, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's horrible. It's disgusting. It's sickening. Uh, but the other side of the coin is exactly what you just said, uh, that people in communities, you know, and again, we're talking about liberal communities, uh, you know, the Jewish community in particular, uh, something has changed there in general right now. There's the recognition. They, people understand. You know, you know, the most incredible thing people don't realize that the people in the south of Israel where these tragedies happen, the torture of babies. How do you torture a baby, for God's sake? How do you do right. that? And I don't, want to, I don't want to get into the descriptions and the details because it's, 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 you know, it's too horrible. It is absolutely beyond comprehension that human beings should behave in, in, in such a fashion. But what's interesting, Bo, is that these communities in the South that were tortured and murdered they were supporters of the Palestinian two-state solution. They were working with Palestinians. They were helping Palestinians. They were, quote-unquote, the good guys. You know, they right. cared about the Palestinians. But, but that has changed now completely. I want to tell you, the people of Israel have never, ever been this united. There is no more left, right, center, or anything else in the state of Israel. The people of this country are united. They are prepared to do what needs to be done. And there's only one thing that needs to be done, and it will be done. Hamas will be destroyed. They will not exist in due time. I promise you that. I guarantee you that. And that is the only way to deal. And, and if someone wants to blame innocent Palestinians who are dying, and I feel bad for them, there are innocent people dying. Guess what? Guess who you should blame for that? When you set up rockets in hospitals, in schoolyards, when you set up rockets within the population itself, what is Israel supposed to do? Okay, just walk away after 1,400 people were murdered and do nothing? That's why Israel has warned people to move out of certain areas and and thank God, 75% of those people have moved away, and the job will be done. I guarantee it. There's no other way. There's, there's no compromising with ISIS. There's no compromising with Hamas. It will be destroyed. It has to be if Israel is going to continue to exist. And now there are talks. Dov, let me just ask you the question uh, that, that this administration the, the current administration in Washington is trying to whitewash as much as possible. And that is the involvement of Iran. We as a nation sat back when Iran was wiping out American military members in Iraq with the IED explosives and by doing all they could to kill Americans. Ever since, and this goes beyond one party, neither party in Washington, D.C. has had the political will to deal with Iran as the number one sponsor of state-sponsored terrorism in the world, and this now goes back decades. Iran has been threatening, and Iran's leaders have been consistent. They've all said, since the Islamic Republic of Iran was installed, they've all said they are seeking the complete and utter destruction of Israel, period. They have never wavered. They have never changed. Is right, absolutely, a, absolutely. 
What with Iran? You know, we need to deal with them, not send them billions of dollars, not try to make the kind of deal that you had in 2015 with Barack Obama. You cannot trust Iran ever, as you pointed out. Everybody knows this. This is not a secret, Bo, that they are the ones sponsoring terrorism all over the Middle East. They are they're the ones supplying the weapons. They're the ones supplying the bombs to murder innocent Americans and others. Just remember, every time there's chanting going on in Iran, it's not just death to Israel. The other part it's, of that chant is death to America. Death to America. Exactly they right. They hate us, period. If there was no Israel, they would still feel the same way. So Dumb. we need to be strong. We need to be tough. We need... You know, you, you, you can't compromise. Uh, uh, you know, you can't have a situation where you compromise with with people who have who don't value human life, who are ready to destroy human life. They don't care. And by the way, they don't care about their own people. Let's remember that. Dub, we have to leave it there, but please come back on the show. Please come back um, and keep us informed. You are sending videos. And let me yes. say to you, love from Jerusalem. It is beautiful here. This country is tough and strong, and they will get the job done. Just watch. And, Dove, I'm sending my love and my prayers for you, your family, and your safety. God bless you, Dove, and let's talk again soon. Absolutely, Bo. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Dove. Dove Hyken, my friend Dove Hyken, on WABC. This is, of course, Bob Dylan. The times, they are a-changing. Today was the day he recorded this record at Columbia Recording Studios in New York City. And yes, the times are a-changing. Got to check in with Lou Dobbs, and then we're coming back with your phone calls. We're doing rapid phones, so I need you to get right to your point. We'll be right back. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today. One of the masters of satire in the world of music and parody. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, we're at Al. Like a surgeon off of Madonna's Like a Virgin. Every cake you bake, he did take off one steak. Weird Al is just amazing, and he also does spoken word parodies. What you got? On WABC, birthday today for Weird Al Yankovic. 
You know what time it is. We got to get to it. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Hey, let's start with Mark in upstate New York. Mark, quickly right to your point, please, and thank you for calling and waiting. Yes, Bo, uh, your your breadth of knowledge from uh, the Rolling Stones to the uh, Ohio players, perfect. And I want to say the Jews have paid their dues. Thank you. Thank you. Mario, you're up next in New Jersey. Right to your point, please. Hey, Bo, you know, you spoke about Congress this morning uh, on your opening dialogue, and the only thing I want to say is, you know, interest rates on a 10-year Treasury are at 5% now. The reason they're hovering there is because right now they're spending more money than we have. I think it's 135 times GDP, and they're not yep. getting a good auction. Not getting a good auction, not good. Not good. We talked about this on Saturday, and we're just coming in with an almost $2 trillion deficit again. Let's go to Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. Hi, James. Of David, words from him. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall be cut down. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. God bless you, James, and Dove in Israel. God bless you, Tony. Susan, Finger Lakes, you're up next. Okay, well, Dub Heikens, um, the Democrat, um, he failed to mention that Donald Trump had Iran in a box. They had $400 billion in the bank. And his Democratic president, which he refused to Dub is a Republican, Susan. He changed his, he changed, Dub changed a few years back. The Democrats went too far left. He he registered as a Republican. And this is May. Donald Trump, if he's such a Republican, he should have said Donald Trump had Iran in a box. They would Look, have never you can't been able say to everything, it. Susan. I'm not going to fault him for not saying something. Every person that does interviews, after they get through doing the interviews, they say, oh, you know what I forgot to say, or you know what I wish I said. It's You can't say everything. Look, you know I love you, Susan, but you're uh, coming down a little hard on Dove, I think. And you're right about Donald Trump, and that's the reason we talked about Iran. Thank you. Silas in Staten Island, you're up next quickly. Time's running out. Hey, what's up? I just want to tell you about things. The, um, I've tried to get the message out to, to black people that the same thing's going to happen here when the commies take over. If you think people grin in your face and think they're your friends, and then you find out they were just waiting for your demise. And Thank you, Silas. You nailed it. Wendy, Long Island, you are up next. Right to your point, please. Yeah. Hey there. Good afternoon. I just want to say if you want to see where the problem is, just take a look at our public schools. In one school in New York City, there was a student that I worked with who told me it's okay for her to have a Jewish teacher, but she can't have Jewish friends. In another school that I worked in, the superintendent sent out a letter to the community and described the incident as an ongoing conflict that was challenging to all of us. Wendy, thank you. Wish we had time for more calls, and tomorrow is another day. We'll do our best to get to even more calls. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones, especially in these horrendously dangerous times. 
gratitude, love for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we'll do it again tomorrow, 4 o'clock, and see you then. Bye. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.